This podcast is a segment of the book, Godly Grit, scheduled for publication in late spring or early summer 2021. It will be available at Amazon as a Kindle ebook, in paperback, and as an audiobook. Life is hard, confusing, troubling, and at times feels impossible. We all struggle with insults, painful losses, injustices, and our own sinful nature. Our goal during these times of difficulty is not complacency or comfort. Our goal is contentment. The Bible refers to another stronghold, one that is protective and not destructive. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you have a defensive fortress manufactured by the cross's wood and nails. This fortress is a place of peace and contentment where you are free to be authentic and honest. Psalm 9, verses 9 and 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Most believers look forward to the mansion Christ is preparing for them in heaven and care very little about the fortress he has provided for them here today. We willingly live in perpetual discontent, looking forward to a time of peace in the sweet by and by. Jesus died for you to provide a fortress of peace available for immediate occupancy. The prayer of the Levites is for us today. Number 6, 24-26 The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. This life of peace, or in the Hebrew, shalom, is for today. Shalom is a state of peace and completeness. It is a mindset of quiet tranquility and contentment. Within our God-provided fortress, there is safety and security. Outside of this fortress, the world may be upside down and out of control, but within the fortress's walls, there is shalom. This fortress is not something we can create with our own efforts. It is a gift that is available to us. John 14, verse 27. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Are you living in this place of peace harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, and tranquility. God is our fortress. He is our protector and our salvation. We have no reason to crumble in fear or cower because of intimidation. Psalm 18, verse 2. You are as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, 
My tower of rescue where none can reach me. My secret strength and shield around me. You are salvation's ray of brightness shining on the hillside. Always the champion of my cause. Psalm 62, verse 6. For he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me, even when troubles multiply around me? Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear, even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. 2 Samuel 22, verses 2-4 The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 144, verse 2. He's my shelter of love and my fortress of faith, who wraps himself around me as a secure shield. I hide myself in this one who subdues enemies before me. We can take comfort in the fact that the God of our comfort knows us thoroughly. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the outcome and what we need. Nahum 1 verse 7 The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those who trust in Him. If you seek Him and find your voice and begin to use it, you will face many challenges that will require a fortress, a fortress of safety, rest, and nourishment. A life free from discomfort would lack the challenges needed to grow. Yes, we have times when we like to see things work out smoothly. We long for our environment to change, to accommodate to our wishes. However, we ultimately desire to know amid very troubling circumstances that we are still at peace and not destroyed emotionally. God provided the way of escape through the work Christ accomplished on the cross. What does it mean? that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What does life look like within the walls of his fortress? At times, life seems more of a duty and heavy responsibility than a blessing. Most often, our discomfort and discontent do not lead us to the cross. It leads us to actions within our power and control. We strive to overcome uneasiness through denial, distraction, reaction, and minimization. All these methods seem to work briefly, but given time, they leave us more discouraged and emptier. 
To control our discontentment and felt pain, we alter painful reality through denial. This life of denial is a weak, self-made fortress. We deny we have a problem, or we minimize the seriousness of the problem. We deny our faults, and by pretending they don't exist, we believe we will be able to hide our flaws. We deny our intent, pretending our intent or motives are pure and positive when they are self-protective. We deny our self-centeredness and selfishness, convinced our actions are to serve others. We use fantasy and superstition to strengthen our denial, removing our felt pain further from our experience and reality. We can even use perpetual turmoil as a means of denial, believing that if my life is in constant upheaval, I have an excuse and do not have to deal with the more significant realities and life issues. Through a lack of gratitude, we can even deny the many blessings in our life. If I choose to live in denial as a means of controlling felt pain, then thanksgiving and gratitude will not be part of my life. Gratitude dissolves denial. So if I am grateful, I would have to face the realities of life. If denying is not our first choice of controlling discontentment, then we will often choose distraction. Distraction is a mild form of denial and can effectively deal with some uneasiness and pain. If you want to lessen the pain of childhood immunizations, distract the child with a noisy toy. We distract ourselves in many ways. We distract through entertainment, social media, movies, television, sports, computer games are all readily available and effective forms of distraction. Work can serve as a distraction, a way of avoiding dealing with or recognizing discontent in other areas of life. We can be distracted through education or additional learning. Self-help books are plentiful and can even offer some superficial benefit, but they can also be a form of ongoing distraction from life's realities. We can be distracted by hobbies. We can be distracted fighting for a cause or being part of a group of like-minded people. It is not that any of these things are evil. They may be valuable parts of our lives, but not if their sole purpose is a distraction. It would help if you still spent time addressing reality. We can achieve avoidance distraction with ritual the practice of a set of actions or procedures with an expected outcome. If I do things in a specific, prescribed way, then God is obligated to bless me. If left uncontrolled, rituals can become compulsions, and compulsions can become obsessions, and the purpose of the action is wholly lost. If distraction becomes ineffective, it is possible to take it to another level and seek to numb ourselves. It is possible for you to numb discontent for some time with food, drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, or computer games. It is the brief comfort provided by these activities that make an addiction an addiction. Be careful. It is easy to go from distraction to addiction 
without even realizing it. Your self-made fortress is about to collapse on you. Another mechanism of dealing with discontentment is a reflexive reaction. Anger can be an effective form of self-protection when you feel threatened. Living as a victim and avoiding responsibility through blame and bitterness can feel like a safe place to hide from life's discontentment. Feeling superior because of your unique situation or life pain can be used to justify rebellion or even criminal activity. We long for contentment. Denial, distraction, addiction, and overt reaction do not bring us more pleasure. These activities may be an effective means of avoidance, but leave us with more discontentment in the long run. What is contentment? What is this life of shalom that Jesus has offered to us as a gift? If you ask, you will get many different answers. Most people would answer that contentment is the solution to an immediate life problem. From the beginning of time, disgruntled people have turned to their spiritual leaders, monks, shaman, mystics, rabbis, imams, priests, and pastors for the key to living a contented life. We also turn to our psychologists, philosophers, sociologists, and medical doctors to find the path to contentment. If all else fails, we can minimize your discontentment with a medication. We are even promised contentment by the advertising industry, who promote their products as a cure for discontentment. Peddlers of counterfeit contentment fill our world. If a wave of contentment suddenly hit our nation, the jobless rate would skyrocket. Discontent is good for the economy, but cruel to the citizens. Contentment masquerades as many things, so we need to consider what contentment is not to understand contentment better. Contentment is a vital part of healthy, productive living, but it is not a quality you can achieve through self-generated efforts. Contentment is not a minimizing of expectations and learning to live in the moment. This minimization is just a combination of denial and complacency. Contentment is not financial security. If you have enough finances for your basic needs, the rest or abundance does not add to your contentment level. Contentment has nothing to do with leisure time. Leisure as a sole focus of attainable peace will disappoint. Contentment is not a physical state. You cannot obtain peace with an exercise program or diet. Good health is desirable, but it is not contentment. So what then is the contentment or peace available to the children of God? Hebrews chapter 4 describes this shalom type of contentment. It is the faith rest that should be a part of every believer's life. Unfortunately, what we witness most often or experience in our own lives is a life where we believe in God, but faith rest lacks. Where is this promised land of peace? Where is the door to the fortress? We seem to be willing to remain content that our faith will get us to heaven while we continue to struggle with life's burdens. We are no different than the children of Israel. 
we believe in the promise but walk in the wilderness. Hebrews chapter 4 encourages us to walk in this faith rest provided by God today. We do not have to be weighed down by the burdens of this life if we live by faith. We do not have to be imprisoned by any of the strongholds. We do not have to be crushed by condemnation or trapped by self-centeredness. Hebrews 4 verse 3, For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. God has promised us His rest. This rest is real contentment. It is the freedom to be the authentic you. It is not a life of complacency. It is the life available from within His fortress. It is the ability to know God's plan for you and the ability to live that plan with passion and commitment. It is the ability to understand, exercise, and use your voice. It is living with the belief and faith that God's rest and peace are more significant than any of the world's burdens or problems. God is our source. God is our provider. And we should be living free in service to Him. Hebrews 4 verse 10 As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates His finished works and rests in them. We cannot gain God's faith rest by our works. It is provided as a gift bought with a price. Real contentment is only available through and because of the cross. The cost was high and he paid the price. Shalom seems to be out of reach because it is out of our reach. It is only available through the cross. All other forms of felt contentment are minimization of genuine contentment. The only true shalom is the faith rest Christ died to purchase for us. The burdens of life have no adequate resolution without the cross. But with the cross, there is a resolution, restoration, and rest. Hebrews 4 verse 11 tells us this is not the let go and let God kind of complacent rest. We obtain this rest through diligence and effort. We need to allow God to search our hearts. We need to root out unbelief and ask God for faith. We need to seek Him with all our heart and not just seek Him enough to feel a little better about ourselves today. We also need to gain a growing appreciation for what Christ accomplished on the cross. Hebrews 4 verse 11 So then, we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. The children of Israel were able to visualize their lives in the promised land, but did not have the faith to enter that land. We too should be able to imagine what life would look like if we lived in this faith rest promise. Do we want to be like the children of Israel and miss the promise? What would our experience of the trials and strongholds of life look like if we were to live by faith and understanding that God provided faith rest? Firstly, 
we would not see the strongholds as insurmountable hurdles. We would see that our discontent comes from not living our lives in the image of God as God intended. Our God-given image has not changed, but our relationship with God has changed. Contentment comes with living the image. At the cross, Christ provided a way back to God, so we should now be able to live in His image as was initially intended. Colossians 1, verses 20-22 And by the blood of His cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to Himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you are once distant from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, He reconnected you back to Himself. He released His supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of His own body as the sin payment on your behalf, so that you would dwell in His presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. We need to live with a growing awareness of what Christ accomplished for each of us on the cross. The image of God in us is fractured, and the enemy tries to trip us up with various strongholds. But because of the work Christ accomplished on the cross, we can now renew our relationship with God and live the image and the life that He intended. If you live the life God has for you, you will need this fortress and comfort only found in Him. God gave you a voice and a purpose. If you use it, you will be a threat to the enemy and he will try to destroy you. May God give you peace and rest as you seek and serve him.